these these games are there's some pretty good ones going on here. I'm gonna turn this down because I don't have the expressed written or uh, or verbal permission of the NFL to broadcast. So I I don't even want the I don't even want the sound of the game uh, showing up here on the birthday boy podcast. So I'll put it on mute. But I am watching these games. Pittsburgh and Buffalo is on. It's a close one. Five seventeen to go. Pittsburgh's up by seven. Uh, and they have the ball. Big uh, Ben Raplesberger, excuse me, Roethlisberger is, uh, you know, he's got the ball. Uh, Chargers uh, made a nice little first down here, trying to beat the Washington football team and their incredibly awesome name that they've had a year to come up with, and it's still just football team. I guess they're just going to be called the football team, it seems. That's great. That's awesome. You should be you should be paid millions of dollars to run that club. It's great. It's really smart stuff. Great logo, great name, great players. It's awesome. Nothing to be embarrassed about there. Uh, yeah. There's there's Rapist Burger. Oh, he he, he finds a man. Somebody, some dude. Some close games. Cincinnati's up by three against Minnesota, twenty four to twenty one. Some of my picks are close to coming true. Some of them are not even close. You know what's stupid? I, I was just telling you that I was <laughs> that I was pretty sure it was going to be Arizona and Kansas City in the in the Super Bowl this year, and then I picked Tennessee, and Tennessee's getting clobbered by Arizona right now. Clobbered. What? Did it, why didn't I pick Arizona? I'm going to be wrong on that one. And then I, I, you know, I picked Detroit because everybody's picking San Francisco, and I thought, eh, Detroit, maybe they'll maybe they'll do something crazy. No, they won't. No, they most certainly will not. They'll just be the same stinky-ass stink team that they've always been. Okay, fine. So, yeah, some, some fun games, and boy, there's some fun games to come in the next uh, the next half hour or so. So I'm going to... Uh, but I finished my meeting minutes. I finished my meeting minutes, so I thought I would talk to you a little bit. Because I have stuff from the summer that I just want to get out of the way. I, I didn't talk in great length about the trip to Myrtle Beach. I told you about how I was awake for close to 48 hours. And when we got to Myrtle Beach, we went and ate. And then we went to the go-kart track. Well, I, I don't really like go I don't like... I'm like, you know, I'm 41. I don't care about go-karts. I, I don't care about that. But the kids, you know, that's fun. It's fun for the kids. So let's go. We'll do that stuff. I, I should... I should let me let me let me clarify. I don't like doing things in the south because any any kind of amusement park, mini golf, f- restaurant, any sort of thing that you do, you're going to be surrounded by southerners. I don't want to be anywhere near southerners, quite frankly. I just don't ever. Sorry to all the southerners. <laughs> <laughs> out there but I that obviously if you're a southerner and you're my friend that's different but you know what I think you know what I mean I think even the southerners know what I mean it's just like I don't want to be around I don't want to be around any yahoos north south east west I don't want to be around anybody but but there they are like it or not so we got on this go-kart and they they're like they're electric go-karts now they're nice and quiet they're much smoother than those those lawnmowers that I remember riding in the 80s and 90s when I was a kid. I think it's been close to 20 years. I, I honestly think 2002 was the last time that I rode a go-kart. I'm pretty sure. Not positive, but I'm pretty sure. And uh, 
Yeah, they very, they very clearly state signs everywhere, and the little fifteen-year-old pimply-faced kids who are running the whole show. Not an adult in sight, by the way. It's all pimply-faced teens, and then one old lady at the counter. Uh, you know, you you put just like Dave and Buster's. You, you, it's not just you can't just like pay for something anymore and say okay, pay for admission and go write the go karts. You can't get tickets. You have to put a certain amount of points on a card, and of course, it's an odd number of you know. You buy fifty dollars, get you seventy points, eighty points, or something like that, and then the points are in increments that don't. It's like buying hot dogs and hot dog buns. You get a pack of eight hot dogs and and twelve hot dog buns. It's the same thing. Oh, I'll here's here you can buy fifty three points. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that yeah, great. Uh, but the rides are in increments of uh, five. They're five, uh, you know, five points for this ride, fifteen points for that ride, ten points for. Okay, so we're we're not going to use up all our points no matter what. That's cool. So we have to. Yeah. So you want us to come back? Guess what? I'm not coming back. Fuck you. So we got the fifty, the, the cheapest thing, which was fifty dollars, because nothing's actually cheap. And as we said, okay, well, this is enough that the four of us can ride the go karts. I get my own go kart. Oldest gets their own go kart. Mom and daughter get in another go kart. Okay, this sounds good. This is fun. A little family ride, a little crazy eight loop to loop around the go kart track for ten minutes, and then we'll be done. And before you go, everybody says, no bumping, no hitting, don't smash your go-kart into another go-kart. So we get off, and I'm uh, like, you know, look, I'm a little, even with no sleep, I'm still competitive. And driving is something where I, I hate when people pass me anywhere I'm on the road when I'm driving. I hate, I'm, I've been a New Englander for six years, and all New Englanders do is cut each other off on the road. And you know it's coming, and it's going to come. And so when I'm on the go-kart, it's the same thing. And I, yeah, I've played enough Mario Kart and enough Forza and all these other things that I know, hey, I know how to hug the inside and do, you know, I, I've got some pretty good maneuvers. So I'm maneuvering around. I'm not letting people pass me. And they're getting angry because I'm, I'm in the lead. I'm not really in the lead, though, because nobody starts at the same time. It's like three people go, and then the next three, and then the next three, and the next three, and you j- really all you're supposed to, children's ride, you're just supposed to ride in circles until the thing's done. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing, and I'm, I'm just driving. I'm driving the way that I'm driving, which is, well, I'm driving well. And I'm, I'm zipping around, and that's all. All of a sudden, bang, I feel somebody bang into the back of my car. I thought maybe it was Cam, just kind of like as a joke. So I'm kind of chuckling. I'm like, come on. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm playfully like, hey, don't do that. And then another. And then somebody pulls up on this alongside of me and smashes right into me. And it's these two guys who are older than me. They're, you know, mid to late 40s. They're probably in their early 30s. They just look old because they look weathered. You know, that southern sort of redneck, red-faced, you know, slack-jawed, empty-eyed idiot look that that you find pretty often down there. And uh, especially in South Carolina, especially in the Myrtle Beach area. And by the way, I, like, this is one of those things, I'm, 
<laughs> if if it were my like we stopped going to Myrtle Beach a long time ago. We we had we had a I want to say close to ten years where we didn't go to Myrtle Beach because I selfishly I've had enough Myrtle Beach. This is a very this is a very selfish, very privileged thing that I'm about to say. It's gonna just it's the only thing it's gonna do is make me sound like a total asshole. But I've been going to Myrtle Beach since I was a baby, and I don't like going to Myrtle Beach. I don't. I I don't want to go. It's not a place that I choose to go, but it's it's not about where we are. It's about who we're with. That's the important thing. And we're with family. And look, I do love swimming. And I love I love comfortable water that I can just slide right into and it feels great. So I don't hate Myrtle Beach. I just don't really want to go there. I just don't really want to go anywhere south. Like ever. I just I just don't. I don't really want to go to Florida, but we're going to go to Florida at some point because the kids, even though they've been to Disney World 57 times, <laughs> they were very, very young and they have no memories of it other than videos. They, don't, they have none of their actual memories of it. We used to go to Disney World when we lived there. I haven't been to Florida since 2013. I don't care if I never go to Florida again. I don't want to. I don't care. You know, yeah, okay, it'd be cool to go to Miami. I don't even care about that. I used to love going to Miami. I don't care if I never go to Miami again. Do not care. Don't care at all. But we will go because it's not, these things are not fair. For me to just say, oh, well, I've been to Myrtle Beach a hundred times, so we're not going to go anymore. Well, my kids have been uh, like three or four times, and they love it, just like I did when I was their age. And that's all I thought about the whole year. There, was, there were two Christmases. There was Christmas and then going to Myrtle Beach. Going to Myrtle Beach every April for vacation gave me the same feeling as Christmas Eve. I could not wait. I hated that last that Friday before vacation, getting up and going to school. And it's the longest day ever. Just like the day before summer vacation. Just like the day before Christmas vacation. December 23rd or 22nd or whatever it is. Uh, that that final Friday before the holiday break, and you're just looking at the clock. Like, oh, can it just be over so I can go home, so I can get cool presents and toys and video games and just spend a week playing with my cool new toys and video games? And it was the same thing, that final Friday before Myrtle Beach, before April vacation. It's like, oh, this is the longest day ever. It just won't end because all I want to do is get in the car and go south and be at the beach and see those palm trees and hot sun and the smell of that sticky dewy air and now those are all things that i just can't stand (laughs) but i love spending time with the kids i love seeing how happy the kids are and the kids are so happy when they get to that place and they get to that beach and they get to that ocean and they get to that pool and we go to the go-karts we go to the mini golf, we go to the nacho hippo, which does have delicious nachos, and we go to the sea captain's house, <laughs> and we see the family, and we go to my parents' hotel, and they come to us, and we get together, and we swim, and we have dinner, and we have laughs, and it's the greatest. So I, so I love going down there, because that's the important thing. But I hate going down there, because I hate... I just hate being in the South. I was miserable, miserable when I lived in Florida. Other than, you know, I made some great friends at work. 
poor Kimmy was home with the kids. She didn't leave the house. It would suck. You go, you go from having all your friends and family within 30 minutes of you to having nobody. The closest friends and family were three hours away. So it's tough. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, yeah, right, Florida. No mountains, no fall, no, no nothing. Just fucking pavement. A lot of pavement down there. <laughs> pavement, palm trees, and and fucking lunatics. And that's kind of, you know, that's and, and much of the South is like that, too. We lived in Charlotte, which is a lovely, lovely area. Then you get outside of Charlotte, and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it's the South. I forgot. <laughs> now that we're outside of the city, the big city, <laughs> we are in the South. And it's, uh, you know, it's fine for some. For a lot of people, that's home. Good for you. And I just, I, I don't like, I don't like being there. But it's fun. Doesn't mean I have a bad time. I have a great time. Because we, especially this one, it was very special because we hadn't seen a lot of these folks in a long time. Christmas of 2019 was the last time we saw my parents. And my sister and my brother-in-law and my wee nephews. It was the first time that I got to meet my new nephew. Uh, so that was very special. And I got to see, we saw my in-laws, uh, who we had seen in April for about, f- not even 48 hours. Maybe, yeah, pr- pretty much, yeah, not even 48 hours. Less than that. 36 hours, let's say. Uh, so we barely got to see them in April. And now we get to spend quality time with, with everybody. We got to see everybody. So that's what's important. That's the thing. Like, okay, I don't care. And look. I don't have to pay to stay there. My parents generously let us stay in this condo timeshare thing that we've been going to since 1993. And it's, it's like, uh, it's like a second home because it's just, it's so familiar. I don't love it. It has one rickety ass elevator and uh, you know, normally I hated, hate riding on that elevator, but now knowing that I'm going to get on the elevator and there's not going to be a single person wearing a mask on the elevator. It's, uh, you know, not so great. Obviously, it's been a month since we were there and we all lived. <laughs> we all lived to tell the tale, so it's all good. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you go in the middle of the summer. I think if we had gone a week later, I, I like going in August because a lot of the southern folk are back to school, back to work. You know, school starts in early August, mid-August down there. So if you go in, in mid or mid to late August, you're probably your chance of encountering these uh, these southern hillbilly yahoos is is far less than if you go and say Fourth of July, when it's southern yahoos and northern yahoos and Ohio yahoos and yahoos from Florida and every place else come to Myrtle Beach to light off their fireworks and play country music and be fucking idiots. Uh, but that's everywhere. Right, you go anywhere, you're you're gonna see that stuff. I mean, my God, go to Hampton Beach in New Hampshire during the summer. You can't tell the difference between that and Myrtle Beach, except it's just New England redneck Yahoo inbred jackasses. That is a place that I avoid like the plague, which ironically is probably something you can easily get by just walking up and down the boardwalk in uh, in Hampton Beach. <laughs> just walk past the casino. <laughs> 
Oh, good stuff. Uh, so anyway, so we went to the go-kart track. We get on the go-karts, and the kids... Uh, so I've already told... Yeah. So, so there's this person slams into me. And it's this, it's this guy, and then another person slams into me. And it's like his daughter, his stupid, uh, like, slack-jawed, inbred daughter is then bumping into me. And I looked at her, and I'm like, before I even knew who it was, I'm like, what the fuck? And I looked over, and I could, I could see her face that she was like, oh, sh- sorry. Shouldn't do, like, sh- she was under pressure from her stupid dad and uncle, or whoever it was, to smash into every car possible. Kaylin, my youngest, her first time on go-karts, riding with Kimmy, just trying to have a nice time. They're getting bumped by everybody. I'm, every time I... And every time I get bumped by somebody, my car comes to a complete stop and theirs just keeps going. And I'm, I'm yelling. I'm like, what the fuck? And so these hillbilly inbred jackasses are just, they're, they're smashing into every, not just me, not just my fan, everybody. Everybody who paid the same goddamn entrance fee to get into this stupid go-kart and ride the stupid go-kart track is having their time ruined and their money pissed away because they can't enjoy it because this family of fuck faces has to be smacking into everybody. And then at one point, this guy smacked into some kid so hard that it spun the kid's car. It's this guy's older than me, by the way, did I mention? Spun him around, and then he hits the gas. So he's he's coming towards me. We're about to have a head-on collision because he's too stupid to know how to do anything and be a human being. So he smacks into me, and then my car goes flying into the wall. His car, miraculously, by smacking into me, what happened? It set him exactly in the right direction, and off he goes. And my car's just sitting there. I'm slamming on the gas to try and just go. And one of the stupid, pimply-faced jackass attendants, he's like, he's like, was that you that smacked into that kid? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to drive the fucking car. And there's fucking, these fucking hillbillies are smashing into everybody. You should kick them out of here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you'll do that, I'm sure. You've, you've got this place. You, you guys, your collective age is like 30 between the four of you. So, yeah, I'm sure you're going to really enforce these rules. So then I get going and, and these dopes are just, yeah. This, and then this one kid... He got smashed by one of these grown-ups. This fucking, like, 12, 13-year-old boy gets smashed. His car gets smashed by one of these grown-ass adults. And they're going hooting and hollering. (laughs) And he's just sitting there. His car's dead. He's blocking the middle of the track. He's not going anywhere. Nobody's coming to help him. I went around another lap, and he's still there, and he's still there. And then finally they wave the flag for all of us to come in and be done. And I said, thank God, because I'm too fucking tired for this. I'm, I'm exhausted. I've just driven 16 hours. I have not slept since I woke up at 6.30 a.m. yesterday. It's 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and I hate life right now. And I sure as hell hate South Carolina. So so I, we all pull the cars in. And then one of the kids, like the, the leader of the kids, uh, who's running the go-kart track thing, he's like... What was the first thing I told you? I told all of you, no hitting, no smashing in the cars. And I'm, you know, I'm doing like a full, like, Karen. I'm like pointing my finger. I'm like, it's, 
I'm like, it's these fucking idiots here. And I'm pointing to the guy in front of me, like yelling. I'm like, these fucking guys. And, uh, you know, nothing happened, obviously. So we all get up and we leave. And I see, and I just see these two guys and they're like high-fiving. And they're little kids and they're just like, they're kind of like whispering to each other like, hey, we did it. <laughs> we fucked up all those kids on that go-kart track. Yeah, we're, we're real winners. And, uh, you know, I walked past and I was like, hey, yo, that was fucking awesome how you fucked up those kids. That was cool. On a children's ride. You guys are so cool. I don't know if they heard me because they were, you know, just sitting there cackling like little hayseed hillbilly. But I mean, but imagine this. And so I, I pulled the kid. I was talking to the kids as we got in the car and we left. You know, they went on a couple rides. We used up the rest of their points. And, and then we got the hell out of there. And then got to go to Costco so that I could, you know, so that I could calm down with the with the insane Saturday crowds at Costco in a in a in a tourist town. There's nothing like Costco on a Saturday, except Costco on a Saturday in a touristy town in the middle of tourist season. Yeah, uh, but it was actually relaxing by comparison to go to Costco. But I we got in the car and we're about to leave, and I'm just you know, I was saying to Kim, I'm like, you know, what I want to do is I want to wait for the guy, these two guys and their kids to leave the go-kart lot and then I'm going to run over his children with my actual car and then at the funeral when the hearse is pulling in I'm going to show up with a go-kart and I'm going to cut the hearse off in my go-kart and get to the burial site before them and then get out of my go-kart and say ha ha you win you lose I'm first place I'm the winner ha ha sucker and then drive off that was that was what that was what I was plotting out loud because I was so delirious with exhaustion and filled with rage because all I want to do just 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 go like it's a children's ride it's a chill it's for kids it's go karts you jerk off you get in the go kart you go in the circle three times four times whatever the hell it is and then they wave you in and then you're done and you just go on with your day except for these fucking yahoos who were told repeatedly, don't smash into the other cars, and then they went around smashing into literally every car on that track. And then they went and they bought more tickets, and they were allowed to go back and ride go-karts again, which is astonishing to me. But, yeah, great, super. Oh, look at Detroit trying to pull something together here with a minute and seven. It's not going to happen. They just scored a touchdown. But it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. So they're going to, so what is that? They're down by 10, so they're going to go for two, so they'll be down by eight, and they could do an onside kick and try to go get eight more points and tie it up, which would be extraordinary if they did that. These are good, these are fun games. Not Philadelphia and Atlanta, that game sucks. Uh, oh, Buffalo lost, okay. Shit. All right, well, I was wrong about that. Nice one, Buffalo. All right, well, anyway, uh, so... So we get in the car, and I'm just saying to the kids, I said, look, I said, what you're seeing here, think about what we just experienced. There were 20 or 30 of us on a go-kart track. Uh, 25 of us, 26 of us, followed the rules, drove our cars, had fun, did things that we were supposed to do to enjoy our time, and we all, we all spent a lot of money to be there. And these assholes who are, they are clearly such failures in life 
such terrible people, such terrible parents, just terrible human beings, I use the term loosely, human beings, that they would go to a children's amusement park, a children's go-kart ride, and deliberately ruin it for everybody, and then laugh about it afterwards to make themselves feel good. I said, what do you think that the other 23 hours of their day is like that they feel good by sh- by fucking ruining a go-kart ride for a bunch of other families and kids who are there, parents and kids who are there. They are losers. That's how, you know, sometimes you have to tell your kids, like, there are actual losers in life. And that's not people who have, uh, you know, a, a job or a salary that you disapprove of. That has nothing to do with winners or losers. Winners or losers have to do with how you treat other people, how you act in life, and what you do, the, the fucking messages that you send to your own kids, and the things that you do to influence how they behave towards other people. And so if you're, if you're going to a go-kart track with your children, 12, 13-year-old children, encouraging them to smash into cars and run other cars and other kids off the little go-kart track... And then you're laughing and high-fiving with them after. You are a loser. You clearly have done nothing in your life to make you feel good about yourself. And that's why you have to come to a fucking go-kart track to try and make other people feel shitty by bumping into them when they're just trying to ride that stupid circle. You fucking hillbilly, southern, redneck, inbred piece of shit. So I said, kids, those... You just saw. That's, if you want to know, you know, people, the, the last president used to say loser all the time because he's projecting. He would call, you know, the people he's calling losers are like veterans and soldiers and people who do great things in the world. He would call them losers because, you know, because that's what losers usually do. In this case, you can actually spot a loser and call him a loser Because a loser is a guy who goes to a children's park to disrupt the fun that kids and families are having. And encourages his own kids to do the same thing. And then fist bumps and high fives about it later with his fucking sideways hat. I said, what do you think this guy's life is like? That he has to go to a go-kart track to make himself feel good. A fucking children's ride. So that was fun. Um, And he looked... He looked like every, whatever you're picturing, yeah, that's it. You know, a fucking crooked sideways hat. The other guy had, like, long sort of frizzy hair. The kind of guys who sort of bob their heads like chickens when they're walking, like, hey, yeah, it was good, man. (laughs) Yeah, fucking those kids. (laughs) Let's go do it again. (laughs) Like, just nothing going on. Yeah. Oh, the gang at the, the gang at the fucking, eh, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't continue. But yeah, I said, kids, you just saw, you just saw fucking losers in action. <laughs> Southern idiot going around teaching his kids that that's what you should do. Go to a children's park and fuck shit up. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, New York City was a few weeks ago. Our second, uh, New York trip of the season. And, uh, oh my God, San Francisco's third and 12. Oh, no, they're going to get the first down. Oh, that's, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A turnover. Holy mackerel. 
This is huge. Okay, my prediction. And now we're in overtime, Minnesota and Cincinnati. I, what am I doing talking to you on this podcast about go-karts? There's some great football to finish out the early games. What the hell what am I doing here? Uh, so anyways, um, New York City was good and bad. Uh, it was very good. It was not great for me. If the, I, I, won't, I won't get into it, but uh, you know, I took a nice long walk one evening and went out to the Brooklyn Bridge. I had never been there. We had gone to, so we we went to the Monet, uh, Monet, Van Gogh. They had the Van Gogh exhibit, uh, the, whatever you call it, three hundred and sixty immersive Van Gogh. Really cool. They play the music. They animate and project it on all of the the walls and everything and on the floor and it's just it's really neat it was a neat thing to just sit and enjoy and we're down you know it's, it's right downtown so we can walk a few blocks over and go to the world trade center and go up to the observation deck which we did which was awesome because the last world trade center that i went to uh is no longer there so it was awesome. It was also a little weird because I'm 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 standing there and I'm like, yeah, I remember this view from the last time when I was in uh, the previous World Trade Center uh, that is no longer there as of 20 years and one day ago, and uh, it's the same view, which is very strange because obviously the the building itself looks different. The skyline is is no longer uh, has not been the Twin Towers for 20 years. So that's different, but then when you get up there, and obviously that the, the observation deck area is is different than than the previous World Trade Center. Uh, but boy, oh boy, you get up there, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm like, yeah, there's the Statue of Liberty, and there's Jersey City, and there's this, there's that, and it's like, well, this is the exact same view. So it's kind of it's haunting in that way. Like, wow, I, you know, the last time I was here, it was in a building that doesn't exist. For reasons that we all know, for horrific reasons that I talked about in the previous podcast yesterday. Oh man, uh, Detroit's not going to win this if they keep uh, keep throwing. Uh, what's his name? Is it Goff? Yeah. Keep throwing stinkers like that, Goff. You're you're not going to do anything. Wow, we got potentially you got one overtime game, potentially a second one. Anyway, so but it was great. It's like you know, and they have a guy giving a whole you know, informational thing about the boroughs and, you know, pointing out the different, you know, Governor's Island and and uh, and Ellis Island and Liberty Island and the differences and there's Staten Island and there's, you know, all, all that stuff. It was cool. It was fun. It was nice. It's expensive. It's not cheap to go up to these things. I will say one of the highlights was going to, you know, you go through the security checkpoint to get up to the observation deck. You show your vaccination card, you you know, it's like going through TSA, you take off your belt and all this stuff, and you don't have to take off your shoes, but you put your, you, know, you go through the security checkpoint, just like at the airport, and uh, the security lady was saying, please take off your belt, sir, and I said, oh, well, I uh, no belts for me, and I, I just showed that I had a drawstring, <laughs> my, my, my new shorts that I've gotten over the summer that are drawstring shorts, and I said, yeah, I said, I'm I'm of the age now where I feel like I've graduated. I've moved on from belts with shorts, and I'm uh, I'm a drawstring guy. And then I got through the checkpoint, and there was a there was a dude <laughs> standing on the other side, one of the security guys, who uh, he fist bumped me. He's like, "Yeah, 
yeah, man, I'm a drawstring guy too, all the way. I'm like, yes, sir, drawstring buddies for life. I didn't say that, but it was a nice bonding moment between a, a fellow drawstring guy and myself. Yeah, so then, so I said, hey, listen, gang, we're 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 in Lower Manhattan. Let's go walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. That'd be really cool. It's it's not far from here, obviously. Let's just walk to the Brooklyn Bridge. We'll go across the Brooklyn Bridge, have a nice, you know, nice little uh, good photo op and fun to see the city from that angle. Nobody wanted to. They, they were exhausted. Okay. So we went back. We went back to the hotel. We did, uh, I don't even remember what we did. It's all it's all mushed together. But we we went back to the hotel. We rested for a little bit. and then And then we went out. Actually, no, we didn't go out later. We did some stuff around the hotel. I can't remember. But in any event, I decided... Nobody else wanted to come with me. They were all exhausted. So I decided to go walk to the Brooklyn Bridge. Which was about a 90-minute walk. Because <laughs> we're in Midtown East. Up even, uh, you know, a few blocks north of the Empire State Building. So, yeah, that's all. Need I say more? We're we're between the Empire State Building and the Chrysler Building, basically. On uh, East 40th. Uh, yeah, Fifth Ave and, uh, and East 40th. So, I, but I figured I'd go for a nice walk. And I did. It was a nice long walk to the Brooklyn Bridge. And I won't get into the details, but I got to the Brooklyn Bridge and I'm walking across. I'm like, ah, this is great. This is gorgeous. Beautiful night. You know, guy at the end selling water for a dollar. I bought a couple chugging waters, walking across the Brooklyn Bridge, listening to tunes. And I'm I'm actually I'm fantasizing as I'm walking through Midtown and then downtown Lower Manhattan, just walking all the way down to that area. I'm fantasizing that I'm on comedians and cars getting coffee, and I'm I'm cracking up Jerry. I'm, Jerry Seinfeld is doubling over, laughing at all my jokes, and then I you know and then I even as I walked to the Brooklyn Bridge, I thought, hey, I should go. I should go to the village and, uh, you know, see if I could do some, do some quick stand-up, do a little, do my first ever, uh, stand-up open mic, figure out a couple of things that I've talked about here on the, on the podcast and just go up there for five minutes and, uh, and tell a few jokes and then see what happens. But instead I was like, well, I'm going to go to the Brooklyn Bridge because that's, that's my, that's my goal here. That's what I set out to do. And so I walked to the Brooklyn Bridge and then, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much detail I'm going to reveal, but, uh, you know, bridges like that, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, are used primarily to transport cars across a body of water. That is the primary function of the Brooklyn Bridge, is for the movement of automobiles between the island of Manhattan and Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Bridge connects Manhattan and Brooklyn. And cars go back and forth from Brooklyn to Manhattan, from Manhattan to Brooklyn. And people, and now, you know, bicycles go in the center uh, between the, above the traffic. There's a, an old pedestrian thing and you can walk as well. Unfortunately, oh, San Francisco is, has won this game. Yes. And it's close. Closer than it had any right to be, based on how well uh, San Francisco had done in the early goings. Okay, I guess I was wrong about that then. Anyway, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge is also used for 
you know, just like the Golden Gate Bridge and other tall structures used for very unfortunate things. And unfortunately, I happened to be there as one of those things was taking place. And it was really uh, surreal. Uh, And that's all I'll say. Within moments, uh, the sad part is within moments, the police, NYPD, was there blocking off lanes, helicopters, boats, uh, on the ground, I mean, dozens of of cars and boats and helicopters and people uh, searching for this person who sort of uh, slid down one of the cables and out of sight, and the NYPD guys showed up about 30 seconds after that. And who knows? There's and there's this I think happens every five seconds. So you're not gonna find like news articles about every single person who uh, who does horrible things to themselves using a bridge or a building in New York City because uh, you know the guys from Orlando who were standing next to me said, "Is this is this a pretty common occurrence?" And I said, oh, I, <laughs> "It's my first time setting foot on this bridge, but I would have to imagine, yeah, probably." Uh, city with as many people, bunch of big bridges. Yeah, you could do the math. <laughs> it's, it's it's probably more common than you think, I would imagine. And so who knows what happened? Because after an hour, uh, the police left, boats left, the helicopters left, and so did everybody else. So who knows what happened? I mean, we know exactly what happened. But we didn't see it actually happen. And then the person next to me is like, it's weird what people say. And, I, and I'm, you know, I wasn't planning on telling this on the podcast, but what I, I got, I, it's, it's therapeutic for me. Cause it's like a weird sort of traumatic, weird thing. Yeah. You know, when, when somebody just silently and methodically shimmies across steel beams and slides down steel cables and then slides out of sight at nine o'clock, nine thirty at night on a Thursday, uh, and then you, you know you assume the worst has happened. Yeah, I mean people people react differently. It's strange. Like the woman next to me didn't say anything and just started recording it on her phone. And I thought, wow, that's. But that's what people do, because why? How else do we have videos of horrible things happening? People pick up their phone and they start recording. I said, there's no way I'm picking up my phone and recording this. I didn't know what was going to happen and when, but I knew it was going to not end well. And the rest of us are screaming, don't do it. Don't do it. Please come back. Please come back. And that's obviously not going to If somebody is that dead set on doing that to themselves, a bunch of strangers yelling, don't do it. <laughs> it's not, not going to work. Uh, so, yeah. and then And then the person next to me, said, well, I didn't hear a splash. And I'm like, didn't hear a splash? What were you expecting to hear? This isn't the fucking high dive at SeaWorld, dude. This is 135 feet between us and the water. By the way, there's six lanes of traffic underneath us and all kinds of commotion. What, you were expecting to hear a splash? You're not going to hear a splash. You're not going to hear shit from up here. Sorry. Uh... And then, the, and then the other guys next to me who had called the police when they left, and I was conversing with them for a while, and they're from Orlando, and the one guy said, man, it's my first time in New York City. I got to tell you, New York City's way better than Orlando. 
I just started laughing. I'm like, yeah, you think? Orlando sucks. <laughs> you take out the... You take out... I mean, look at Orlando before those theme parks showed up. Fucking citrus farms and swamps. And that's exactly what it would be if you didn't have those things. Orlando sucks. I lived there briefly. It's a fucking horrible place. It sucks. The theme parks are cool. That's fun, obviously. You... Take away the theme parks and see what kind of fun stuff you can do in Orlando. Yeah. Have have a blast. Like, of course, of course, New York City's better than Orlando. You needed to come here to find that out? Boy, I could have I sent you a postcard and let you know. Anyway, so they left, and the guy, you know, he gave... We, we were giving all our information, what we saw and all this stuff, what she looked like, what she was wearing... How she maneuvered across the beams and then slid out of sight, and most likely once she was out of sight, did uh, did the unthinkable. unthinkable. And uh, and the the kid who was with that group who called the police, you know, then gave his his eyewitness account and all that stuff. And then and then as everybody was kind of uh, you know kind of leaving, it was you know uh, the excitement's over. Nothing's really happened. No, nobody's been found. And, and after doing some reading of what what typically happens to people who do that to themselves off off of such great heights, uh, it's not it's not a guarantee that anybody's anything's going to be found, which is fucking weird. Um, boy, this is dark. I really didn't. Eh, sorry, gang. I didn't plan on talking about this, but anyway. Um, but then these guys, you know. So you got one woman just filming. Uh, this girl, you know, shimmying across the Brooklyn Bridge and sliding out of sight. You've got a guy very, you know, and I know you're, you you want to think that the best has happened. People are saying, well, was well, it possible that she just went under the bridge? I'm like, well, yeah, it's a guarantee that she went under the bridge. But what you're thinking is that there's some like secret society of, you know, bridge dwellers who just live in the beams under the bridge. I got bad news for you. And and then the other guy is saying, well, I didn't hear a splash. And I'm like, you're not going to. I, I don't know anything about this stuff, but I know how high up we are. And I know that there's three lanes of traffic honking and blasting music and revving engines below us. Like, what, what, do, you, what do you expect to hear? And then, and then this group from Florida who gave their, you know, gave their uh, eyewitness account to the, to the cops and everything... You know, I was like, yeah, you know, we said, like, nice meeting you guys, you know, hey, <laughs> try to enjoy New York, even though uh, this is a pretty terrible thing that we were a part of, but, you know, hope you have a good rest of your trip, and he's, and he just kind of smiled, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, keep an eye out for this guy, and he pointed to the dude who had been on the phone with the police and gave his, his account of everything, he's like, yeah, he's gonna be famous, and I'm like, oh, yeah, congratulations, there's a possibility that your name will show up in a blurb in a news article about a person who plummeted to their death in all likelihood. Yay, you're famous now. That's cool. And I'm just I'm like, what? Why is everybody such a piece of garbage? <laughs> like, I was between people who were excited because they might get some recognition for reporting a suicide... And then on the other side of me is a person who's just silently filming this whole happening. And then the other, the rest of us are yelling like, 
don't do it, come back. Fuck. You know, I get that we all do different things when something like that happens and we don't expect it to happen, but Jesus, you're like excited because your buddy's going to be possibly in a, uh, what, a blog? A police blotter? A newspaper article? Uh, Okay, yay. (laughs) Like, we're so weird. Like, society has always been shitty, but man... This whole, like, I, I don't know, just influencers and Instagrammers and YouTubers and everything else is like, yeah, we really just, everybody just wants to be famous. No matter what, like, wh- hey, some kid just jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, but I'm going to be famous because I told the police about it. <laughs> Whoa, congrats. That's, tell your mom, that's exciting. Good for you, man. You know, I was starting to think that this was a really grim, dark, horrible thing that we were all just part of, but... Yeah, that's a good point. You might be famous from this somehow in your mind. So uh, awesome. And you have a video to treasure forever and you're not sharing it with the police either to help get a better description of this person so they can uh, okay, you just oh, you're just going to quietly walk away. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. And then I'm I'm the last asshole standing there and everybody just left. And the police just left, and it's like, oh, good. Oh, this is fun. I get to wonder about this for the rest of my life. As I have as I have uh, scoured, I mean, at this point, it's a month ago, so you know, what am I going to find on, online? But scoured Twitter, scoured TikTok, scoured YouTube, everything. The most I found was one little comment, somebody saying, anybody know what's going on in the Brooklyn Bridge? And then a response, yeah, some girl tried to... Mm, and that was it. And then the response, oh, that's very sad. And then nothing. And you go to all the like, different news sites and like Brooklyn Bridge specific sites and all these things and no, nothing. I found one TikTok video, which was just a, a, you know, the police on the scene and a YouTube video of pretty much the same thing. I'm like, okay, that's that. <laughs> so good fun. And then the next day, we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. (laughs) And uh, it was fun. You know, got to see the priceless works. Good stuff. Walking around the museum. Uh, And then then some fucker, one of the drivers of, one of the Uber drivers, reported me for not wearing a mask, even though at no point was I not wearing a mask at all. I take that very seriously. We only rode in three cars. Well, we rode in two cars. I rode in a car. When I left the Brooklyn Bridge, I had, at that point, my I was just so exhausted and it was so so much later than I had intended to be there that I, you know, I summoned another Uber and went back to the hotel by myself. And some fucker reported me for not having a mask on. And I, I was tweeting to Uber and messaging them and all these emailing them like, there's no way, show me video footage, show me some evidence. And this has, you know, it has no bearing on like my rating or my ability to use Uber. But they're like, I said, look, I get it. That's nice. You're taking your driver's word over mine. I'm just telling you at no point was I violating any of the protocol. You dickheads. So the rest of the time we took Lyft. And you know what? It was about five, on average, the rides were about $5 cheaper than, than Uber. And it's the same goddamn thing. It's just that I happen to have the Uber app and an Uber account, so it's easy to, and all my information is stored, so we just take an Uber. I'm a Lyft guy from now on. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I was an Uber guy of like, I don't know, since whenever I started using Uber seven years ago, whatever it was, six, seven, eight, eight years ago, I don't know. And, uh, I'll never, I, never again, because you fucking, somebody reported me for not wearing a mask in the Uber. That's not true. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, so we took the lift to the Met, hung out at the Met, ate hot dogs. I, uh, Man, I just, I gotta tell you, at some point, since I was a kid, as early back as I can remember, I've wanted to live in New York City. I've been in Boston, the Boston area for a while. Boston's great. Worked there for years. Kids and I, the family and I have gone there a million times to do stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that, 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 uh, whatever you call it, that desire to, to be in New York City, not forever, but just spend, uh, you know, maybe a year there and, and enjoy everything that the city has to offer and then, and then move away. And being somebody that can work, work remotely and who, frankly, many of the companies that I work for have major presence in, in Manhattan, so eh, that's doable someday. It's not going to happen anytime soon, probably after the kids have graduated so that they can, you know, we've moved them around enough. But I, goddamn, I love that city. I fucking love that city. Oh, I, every time. There's never been a time, even just even just on trips home from someplace in the south, and just driving past it and just seeing the skyline, or or getting off so that the kids can see Times Square and drive through. It's the greatest. It's the greatest place on the earth. It is. There's no question. Yes, we sat and we ate hot dogs outside of the Met and fed pigeons. The kids would put little french fries on their sneakers and the pigeons would come over and eat the french fries off the sneaker and they would laugh uncontrollably. And and then later we we went to Times Square and I told the kids, look, we're not going to the M&M store because that's for suckers and idiots. You know, we can get... That uh, that eighty dollars worth of M and M's that you can get at the M and M store, you can get that for about five ninety nine at CVS or Walgreens. So you know what? We'll walk past the M M&M and M store on our way to Walgreens, and then we'll get we'll get a big thing of M and M's for ten bucks. And then we went to the M M&M and M store because I'm actually the big sucker, and I said, "No, oh, but I like choosing the different colors that you can't get anywhere else." <laughs> so we got our M and M's. That's great. What else do we do? I, I don't know. Walk to walk to Grand, Cent- Grand Central and had Shake Shack. We, uh, for some reason, yeah, you know, any of the times we go to Boston and I say, "Hey, you guys want Shake Shack?" Nobody wants Shake Shack. We went to the Shake Shack in Boston one time. I love Shake Shack; it's great. And then when we go to New York, for some reason, everybody wants Shake Shack, so we we go to Shake Shack. No complaints. I love Shake Shack. I'm a big Shake Shack guy. Big fan of Shake Shack. There's a Shake Shack everywhere. It's it's impossible to not find Shake Shack. There's a Shake Shack down the street from the hotel. Shake Shack at Grand Central. Shake Shack in Madison Square Park. Shake Shack over by Central. But there's Shake Shack. Shake Shacks everywhere. You can't not find a Shake Shack. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, so it was a good good fun trip. I don't know. There's nothing. I guess there's nothing funny. I guess I've I've like I've bummed myself out talking about. Uh, my my evening on the Brooklyn Bridge, but now I've uh, sort of like that movie The Ring, where you pass the horrible thing onto somebody else, and it's uh, 
Now you've shared it. <laughs> it's just weird though, right? It's fucking, I don't know. So sorry. Sorry to bring you down. Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, what else? Hey, how about, how about packing? Packing for a trip, am I right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so you, <laughs> it's weird though. I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many trips I've been on. Everybody's been on trips. You go somewhere, whether it's camping, a hotel, just visiting family for a couple days, whatever. I never, I never, I never know. How to, I'm, I just don't know what to pack. And I, the best I ever did was two years ago, we went to Myrtle Beach and I, I just said, you know what? I'm going to pack like three t-shirts, a pair of shorts, and a bathing suit <laughs> and some undies. And that's it. And that's all I had. It wasn't enough, but I would just, I would just wash the t-shirts and then have the t-shirts to, to wear for the rest of the week. And it was fine. Because in any normal week at home, I wear like the same three t-shirts. So why suddenly bring like 19 t-shirts on a vacation? I want to have options. I want to look cool on my trip. So, but it's funny. It's like packing stuff and you just, I don't know about anybody else, but I look around and I'm like, I start thinking about things that nobody would ever pack on a trip and thinking, ooh, should I pack that just in case? Hey, uh, hey, honey, this wall calendar, this 2021 wall calendar, do you think we should bring that just in case? Like, so on a vacation, we'll know what day it is. Should I pack the calendar? Should I pack two calendars just to be sure so we can have, like, a calendar, you know, one in, a, in one room and one in, a, like, maybe in the bathroom or something? Should we, should we, pack, should we pack calendars? No. Uh, what about, uh, I, I, know it's, I know it's August and we're going to one of the hottest places in the country. Should I bring... Should I bring 16 sweaters just in case? Or should I bring maybe 17 sweaters? Just you, you just don't know. You don't know when a snowstorm is going to hit coastal South Carolina in the middle of August. You just you, you can't be prepared. You can't be too prepared for that. I should bring some sweaters. Or if even if we go to a movie theater and it's very cold from the air conditioning, I should have a sweater for that, shouldn't I? Because we're definitely going to go to the movies, even though we never go to the movies on vacation. But in case we do, should I bring a tuxedo? Because what if we go to a wedding? What if we just find ourselves in a scenario where we need to go to a wedding and I don't have a tux? Do you think I should do that? I should, I should probably do that. Okay, great. So I've got 16 sweaters. I've got a tuxedo. I've got two wall calendars. Uh, let's see. Undies. Eh, two pairs ought to do it for the week. Yeah. And that's how I pack. And that's the story of how I pack my suitcase. Because I, and then I just, yeah, I overpack every time. And then I feel, and then just to prove to absolutely nobody, because I'm the only one who knows what I've packed, to prove to absolutely nobody, I want to make a point and say, yeah, I was right to pack all this stuff. So I make sure to wear every single article of clothing that I pack. And this last time was ridiculous. Two, the last time we went to Myrtle Beach in 2019, like I said, one pair of shorts, five pairs of undies, three or four t-shirts, bathing suit. Boom. Done. That's it. And that's all I needed. It was great. And then this last time, I brought like six pairs of shorts. I brought, I think I brought three long sleeve shirts, <laughs> multiple t-shirts, socks, undies, bathing suit. I brought so much shit. And guess what? 
I wore every single item that I brought. Because <laughs> I just I just bought like so many things over the summer. New shorts and summer t-shirts and things because I didn't have anything. And I said, nope, if I brought it, I'm going to wear it. And so I did. And it was pointless. I, I should have brought a, an eighth of the stuff that I brought, but okay. Uh, what else do I have here? Yeah, seeing the family for the first time in almost two years, 20 months, which is crazy. And of course, when, when I, the first time I saw my own parents uh, for the first time in 20 months, I didn't have the patience to wait for them to come down. We went to their hotel, and I didn't have the patience to wait for them to come down from their hotel room. So I hopped in the pool. And so then when, uh, so then when I saw my parents for the first time in almost two years, and my mom's crying... And I'm in the pool, and I'm like, I can't hug you because I'm in the pool. And so the hugs had to wait (laughs) for another uh, two hours until I got out of the pool after playing with my nephews and tossing them all over the place. Uh, But that was good. And then one of the nights, it was nice. I We had a nice anniversary dinner at the sea captain's house with my parents, with my in-laws, my kids. Uh, My in-laws paid, which was nice. I mean, my parents provide the lodging for us which is incredible super generous my in-laws paid for this nice dinner at my favorite restaurant in myrtle beach the sea captain's house delicious seafood delicious delicious everything right on the beach great location it's an old house it's been there since forever so it's an old house it's cozy you know fireplace not that you need a fireplace uh, in a town like that but it's just it's great. It's exactly what I want. And it was exactly what I, you know, I have so many childhood memories of these big family trips to the beach, to Myrtle Beach, going out to dinner. My parents, my grandparents used to go down there and sometimes, you know, aunts and uncles and best friends and stuff. You know, it was a whole big gathering, going out to eat at a restaurant, all at a huge table, just laughing and talking and eating and goofing around and stuff like that. I hadn't had that in forever, so it was nice to have that. And uh, what was I going to say about that? I feel like I was going to say something. So it was, uh, it was it was fantastic. It was a fantastic dinner, and then uh, and then on one of the days, uh, it was nice because I finished work rather late. had a P- had a virtual PTO meeting while on the vacation. Finished that around seven thirty, and uh, and then I decided to go down to my parents' hotel. And the kids were, you know, they were doing their thing. I went by myself, which was kind of nice because I've been talking, recently was talking with Double J. Oh. Anyways, I, 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 Double J and I had been talking recently. He was talking about how, you know, his dad, who's, who's 82, will soon be 82, I believe. 81, he's 81, he'll be 82 in November. And he stops, you know, over the summer, he would come over. Uh, you know, I said, how's your dad doing? Oh, he's great. You know, it's not as easy to get around, but I said, is he still driving? Because he loves driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he stops over, and Double J is a teacher, so he has the summer off. He said, yeah, he stops over sometimes twice a day. You know, bring me a nice coffee, just uh, hang out while I'm painting and working on the house and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's a, that's a thing that I don't get to do anymore which is something that I used to be able to just, just swinging by to see your parents or swinging by to see friends or anybody or them swinging by to see you. 
We don't have that. So it was nice, even though we were in Myrtle Beach, which is not where any of us live, to be able to say to my parents, like, hey, I, I'm coming down near you. I'm going to get myself a hot dog and a cheeseburger at this little drive through burger joint. And then I'm gonna st- I'll stop by. Oh, no, you don't have to. Don't do it tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, we've had enough tomorrows and yesterdays that we didn't see each other in person. And we're not going to get many on this one week together. So I'm going to come over and see you, whether you like it or not. So I got a burger, got hot dogs and fries, <laughs> and then went out and just uh, just my parents and I sitting on their little uh, patio at their hotel, overlooking the pool and the ocean and everything at night, and just having a you know sitting for an hour or so and chatting, which is something that would be done if we lived near each other. I would s- swing by once in a while, you know, on my way home from work or something, and just just see them, hang out, watch TV for no good, no reason at all. Just like I would do with my grandmother when I lived 10 minutes away from her. Or we would do with my in-laws or anybody else. You just, hey, stop by. Or somebody stops by to see you. That's not something that ever, ever, ever happens. Which can be quite nice. You know, go, go back to the Seinfeld episodes. Of, uh, the, the, pop, uh, the big poppin' guy. Don't love the poppin'. And nobody really loves the poppin'. But when it never happens ever in six years, you do, you do grow somewhat... Uh, Somewhat, uh, somewhat of a fondness for the poppin. You say, oh, I wish I could get a poppin once in a while, but nobody, nobody lives here, so we're not going to get a poppin. So it was nice to pop in, even though my parents didn't want me to. I popped in, and we sat and had a nice time. So it was fun. So <laughs> good trip, good trip to Myrtle Beach. Good trip to New York City. Uh, you know, horrible things that happened. Now, notwithstanding, it was still a good trip. And I can't wait to go back. Hopefully we can go back in the fall. Uh, I'm thinking maybe late October to enjoy the, the lead, you know, New York, autumn in New York, just like the song, right? And then uh, hoping to go back in December around Christmas time. See, uh, see the tree, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, that's, that's it. That's, I, I have nothing else to say. It's 5 o'clock. Uh, I'm, what is this? Michael J. Fox at Letterman. Okay, sure. Okay. I was, uh, I guess maybe when we were in the city. I, I don't know when it was. Or we were watching Back to the Future. I, I don't know. We were talking about Michael J. Fox. And I felt bad because I remember the time that we were in New York City in 1997. Oddly enough, I remember it as a hot summer day. But looking at the Letterman archives... It would have been February of 1997 because John Voigt and Michael J. Fox were the guests of The Letterman Show, and that's the only date where both of those guys were on the show at the same time. So, okay. In 1997, we, we went to New York, like, seemingly every week, and we saw a different Broadway show, so I guess it's quite possible that it was February, and maybe it was just a really unusually warm day, because I really feel like, I really feel like it was summer, but... According to IMDb, it would have been February, the only time Michael J. Fox and John Voight were on The Letterman Show. So, in any event, we saw John Voight exit the, get into the car and leave. Because you could, you could just stand outside and wait for the celebrities to leave The Letterman Show and see, oh, hey, hey, celebrity, look at me. <laughs> and they come out and they wave quickly and get in the car and they leave. But me, being 17 years old, 16 years old, I thought, no, here's what's going to happen. One of my favorite people of all time, Michael J. Fox, is going to come out of the door. He's going to see me, 
And he's going to say, let's be best friends. Also, let's do Back to the Future 4 together. And let's reboot Family Ties. And you can be uh, a long-lost cousin who comes to live with the Keatons. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, this is, what, this is what's going to happen when I see Michael J. Fox. He's, we're going to be best pals. And there's a, you know, there's a big velvet rope that you can't get past. And there's a bunch of big, huge guys wearing, like, 90s suits. You know, like the kind of suits that you would have seen, uh, like, professional athletes or MC Hammer wearing in the 90s. Like, that solid kind of, uh, I don't even know, like, a, like a, almost like a gold color. The pants, the jacket, all the same color. Or, like, a dark, like a burgundy colored sort of suit. And this big dude standing there. I just... Being a cocky asshole that I was, I just said, eh, security, schmacurity. And I walked under the rope, and I just approached a security guy. And he had this little toy, like, they used to have those little, like, spark guns where you'd, you'd pull the trigger and it goes, and, like, sparks would fly out of it. And he points this gun at me and just starts going, and I'm, like, looking at him, like, what, what does that mean? I fully expected him to tackle me. And it, he's like... He's like, you can't go any further than that, young man. And I said, well, uh, yeah, but I would like to meet Michael J. Fox. And he's like, okay, go stand back where you were, and when he comes out, you can wave to him. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. TV and movies have taught me that if I do what I'm not supposed to do, you're going to let me in and give me VIP backstage access. I'm going to meet Dave Letterman. I'm going to meet Michael J. Fox. I might get a job on the show. This is what happens in movies, so you're supposed to just let me... Just let me in, because I'm a nice... Look at me, I'm a nice guy. Uh, look at my smile. And he's like, yeah, go go back. If that happened, if I tried that today, I would get tackled by 18 people, and they'd, they'd pummel the shit out of me, and I would go to jail. But in 1997, you could just walk under the velvet rope and just confidently saunter over to the security guy with his little sparkler gun who would shoot it at me. So we waited and we waited and then and then Michael J. Fox came out and I was like, what, Michael J. Fox? Hey! Hey! <laughs> and he kind of waved to he didn't really look at me, he waved to some as quickly as somebody could exit a building and wave to a group of screaming people and get into a car and leave. That was it. Blink and you'll miss him. Also, Michael J. Fox is even shorter than you would think he is. I'm quite short. Michael J. Fox was quite shorter. Um, very, very tiny fellow. And so he just kind of came out. He did a quick, put his hand up, just sort of waved to not really anybody, and then he got in the car and left. And I started, I'm like, you know, my entitled ass started screaming. I'm like, what? That's it? Michael J. Fox? Just came out, he didn't even, he couldn't even sign some autographs and say hi to the fans. Paid all that money to see Back to the Future, and Back to the Future 2, and Back to the Future 3, and Doc Hollywood, and all the rest. Secrets of my success. Not that I ever paid to see that, but still, we paid to rent Doc Hollywood. And then I proceeded to make an illegal VHS copy, like I did with every movie rental back in the 90s. But still, we rented it the one time, and I found it worthy enough to make a copy to watch again, even though I never did. So, that was it. And I'm, I'm like, that's bullshit! Fuck yeah! I was, I was so mad. Like, what I, I was, I really was. I was a delusional little... Br-
brat who expected that Michael J. Fox was just going to pluck me out of the crowd and say, you know, and say, you are coming with me now. He he was going to put the glass slipper on my foot and whisk me away. I don't know what I was expecting to happen. But I was stupid, so I expected more to happen than just him waving for a second and a half before he got into his car and left. And then I, but I think about that now, and I'm like, he didn't, he didn't even owe us like a. I mean, it was nice of him to just stop and wave. Like, what is he? What's what's he supposed to? He's a guest on a talk show, which, frankly, should have an exit where the celebrities don't have to interact with the crowd. If that's the case, I mean, imagine having to go to the Letterman show, knowing that you have to walk outside, where a bunch of bunch of yahoos are standing there, hooping and hollering at you. Hooting and hollering at you, <laughs> and you can't you can't avoid them, and you have to walk that that ten or fifteen feet between the door and the car, even with security, and everybody's screaming and pictures and flash cameras going off and all that stuff, and and then you got this teenage jackass like, hey, fuck you, Michael J. Fox, fuck you for not being my best friend, and uh, yeah, and I feel I feel horrible to this day. Not that I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't yell it to him. He was already in the car and gone. But I was like, you know, I was very angry about it, and I really held a grudge against Michael J. Fox for a number of years after that. Until one day, I was, uh, you know, I don't know how old, but I was thinking about it, and I said, oh, that was, that was stupid. I, I should have just said, hey, cool. There's Michael J. Fox getting into his car, and then gone and had dinner, and that's the end of it. But not for me. Because I can't just I can't just experience things and then be done with it. I have to uh, I have to make it a a really big deal and then be angry because this fantasy idiot scenario that I've conjured up in my head didn't take place. Anyway, okay, I think that's all I had. Uh, trips to New York City, Super Nintendo, Shimo, Ginny Weasley, Harry's always covered in blood. What's that? Oh, because she says that in the... Eh, who cares? I'm too tired to talk about that. Ginny... Uh, oh, f- Ginny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. If you're a fan of the Harry Potter books or movies, Ginny Weasley is Ron... Ron Weasley is Harry's best friend. Ginny is, Harry, is Ron's sister. And then, sorry to spoil it for you, but Ginny and Harry, they get married eventually and have a bunch of kids named after all the dead teachers who died... Uh, trying to help Harry uh, against Voldemort. So, there's a scene in the sixth Harry Potter movie. Uh, no, yeah, the sixth Harry Potter movie. After after Draco stomps Harry's face on the train, and then Harry shows up at the school, and he's covered. He's got a bloody nose, and Ginny looks at him and says, "He's covered in blood. Why is it he's always covered in blood?" And it's you know, it's like kind of a funny line, but I'm like. He's not always covered in blood. He's barely ever covered in blood. What the hell are you talking about, Ginny? I know that he was okay. He had a little. He had a little cut on his arm from the basilisk in the Chamber of Secrets in Year Two, Book Two, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Okay, he had a bloody arm from the basilisk fang that one time. I wouldn't exactly say he was covered in blood, just like he has a bloody nose. I wouldn't call that covered. He's bleeding. After that, name me one other time that Harry Potter is even has a, a, a nosebleed, let alone is covered in blood. Buckets of blood, as you proclaim, 
uh, Ginny, you genius. He's covered in blood. Why is it he's always covered in blood? He's not. He's never covered in blood, Ginny. What are you even talking about? You freak. I hate Ginny Weasley. That's a character that I just can't stand. I can't stand her through any of those movies. And she's always like, in the later ones, she's, you know, and, 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 and it works, so what do I know? But she's always like, you know, when she's in her little nightgown at Christmas and she ties Harry's shoe for him. And it's like, oh, Ginny, you little seductress. <laughs> Harry, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm trying to seduce you, Harry. Ugh, she's awful. But he's never covered in blood. And in that sixth movie, why is it he's always covered in blood? He's not! Alright, I'm done. I've had enough. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators.